Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us has taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest, and his name is Kareem Bennett. And through our conversation, I found out that he and his wife are the proud parents of 11 children. Not only does he have 11 children, but he grew up in Oakland, California, during some of the toughest and richest times of the city's history. Kareem has an amazing story to tell of how rap music raised him, but how God was able to let him know what life was really about. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Kareem Living Proof Bennett. Hello, Kareem. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you so much for being here with us on the Finding God podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. And I am thrilled to hear your story of how you found God. Amen, amen, amen. So let me ask you a question. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was that like for you? Um, I'll make it short and sweet. My childhood, um, grew up in the Bay Area, California, grown. I'm now in the Midwest, in Ohio. Grew up in um, uh, Oakland, Berkeley, uh, south side of Berkeley, East Oakland, and then also uh, in a town called Benicia, which is Vallejo. A lot of people don't Vallejo. Uh, and... They weren't the best neighborhoods, I go, you know, but um, I grew up in a very culturally rich area and environment. Now that I'm like in different areas, Midwest, I see how different it is from where I was raised. Um, but growing up, you know, my mom had a uh, a drug problem, single parent home. I had my brother, uh, my sister, my sister passed away, uh, RIP to her and my mom passed away, oh, wow. but saw her struggle with so many things. Uh, growing up and just crying herself to sleep all the time, not having a husband or a man around or whatever, someone to kind of help us out um, and just working at different odd jobs and trying to go to school to get her college degree or whatever. You know what I'm saying? She was trying to do the best she could yeah. and um, had a love for writing. So it's different. So most people go into music and they go in there because they saw a rap song or whatever. I didn't really like rap until I probably was like eighth or ninth grade. Really, wow. really like rap music. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And um, I thought of, and I, I really don't say this too much, but a lot of people, I was hearing songs in Oakland and stuff like Too Short, and um, even in Vallejo, we hear E40, you know, of course, all the little Bay Area rappers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but growing up listening to that, I wasn't really, that really didn't define me. It was only when I heard like uh, Tupac, mm-hmm. when I heard that, that kind of defined, I kind of was like, okay, he's talking about what we see out here because he's right. been out here, you know what I'm saying? And out in New York as well. But, um, you know, just growing up and not really having a father, uh, my 
dad, my father, my real father, biological father, is in uh, St. Thomas, the Virgin Islands. I found that out about four years ago, five years ago. I never even knew. And I had this huge family in the islands. And that whole area is populated by Nigerians. Yeah. So it's interesting to know that I didn't even know that that was a part of my whole history. If I'd known that, I probably would have been a lot better. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I didn't know. But um, anyway, that's just a little bit about me growing up and stuff like that. And I uh, didn't really grow up in church. I was I went to a church. Uh, shout out to Liberty Hill Baptist Church in uh, Berkeley and um, North Berkeley and um, uh, Reverend Peoples. But he, I mean, I went to you know Sunday school and stuff like that with my, my God sister and stuff. But I really never really, um, I didn't feel like I was really in the church like that. I just kind yeah. of going there. They were making me go. So that that was one of the things. But I had at least I had some type of formality or mind mindset to like, okay, there's something higher than me. That's what yeah. church did for me. Um, even though we were going through different things and moving around and going to different areas that I really didn't want to be in, um, it was rough, man. It was really, really rough. I tell kids all the time, like now, um, when I out do a lot of outreach events and different things like that, man, just going in the school system. I don't know how it is now because I'm not in the school system, but um, just dealing with the things that we deal with, like what the kids are dealing with right now, as opposed to what I was dealing with, is a whole yeah. lot of stuff. But you know, but that's that's me, you know. Okay, so you said several things I want to kind of touch on. The first thing that you mentioned is that even though your mom was having issues with drugs and she was trying mm-hmm. to get through that, the thing, the fact that she was still able to keep a job, take care right. of you guys, and still right. try to go to college says a lot about the fact yeah. that how much you probably loved you guys and how much right. you really tried to do the best you could. And I think that sometimes like especially parents or people who grew up way back like in the fifties or sixties, right. it's right. like they didn't have all these opportunities. They didn't know about mental health. So she was probably right. struggling and trying to self medicate or something and still trying That's to raise what? you guys. It says a lot to her character and what she was able yeah. to accomplish. You know, some people might look at it and be like, oh, well, that's a shame. But it's like, if you kind of look at it, she 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 did a lot. You know, she accomplished yeah. a lot with what she was going through. So I think mm-hmm. that says a lot to her character. I yeah. also um, you heard how you mentioned rap. My husband, he grew up in the Bay Area. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so he talks a lot about um, E-40 and all those people back then. And so, yeah, I can definitely see how they would have an influence on you once you got older, because it seemed like they were just everywhere and they talked about things that were relevant to you at that time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see how rap could become a part of your life at the age of 13. It makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned that going to church helped you realize there was somebody out there bigger than you. Tell me a little bit more about the impact that had on you at that young age, because that's a huge concept to grasp as a child, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. You know, I was very, um, and I, I this is the first, every time I do different interviews, and lately the Lord has been really using me, which I appreciate. Um, I was really kind of uh, depressed at a young age because, and there's a lot of kids, I guess that's what God has been using me to work with youth and young people now. One of the things that, that, not knowing and coming up into, you know, going to church and things like that, I kind of realized that, you know, there must be something bigger because I would notice that sometimes my mom would pray and I would see her do that. Or I would see like my godmother, shout out to Rachel Allen, who has has always helped raise me. Uh, My auntie Renee in San Francisco helped raise me. Just some awesome women, man. And um, 
took some time and uh, among other people, you know, in the Bay Area. But it's just that, like, I was the kid that didn't really have a family tie. You know, I didn't really have, you know, like a big family. Like, we have, I got 11 kids. I got my wife at five. I have, we have six together um, out here where we're at in Ohio. But when I was younger, man, it was just like me, my sister, my brother. You know, I didn't have a family. I really didn't have that. So sometimes I would see people out in the communities doing stuff they wasn't supposed to be doing, selling drugs. I would see them. I'd be outside taking the trash out. You know, you just walk outside your apartment building. You're like, what they doing over there, man? They over there selling drugs and stuff. They doing this. And I'm like, what are they doing? My mom's like, you leading people on. You know what they're doing. You know, I'm thinking things like, you know, and um, I saw that a lot. But people would always be respectful to me even then. Um, you know, that's how I knew God was like, okay, I'm probably covered or something. Something was going on because I remember she'd pray a lot. And uh, especially in Oakland, man, I mean, it was dangerous. It was a lot of stuff going on. I seen a lot of stuff, but it still was like I learned uh, some things that I that I would always be to take with me, even to this day, even start my own me media and doing music and stuff like that. Was they always told me to keep persevering? You know, I would hear OGs and dudes in the streets and stuff like that. Um, even E40 and them, man, used to be on the street corner. People don't know that. Um, but before he even got into the rap game, rap music and stuff, he was already like he was doing the street stuff too. But he had his own clothing line. He had his own label in Vallejo. Yeah, he had all this stuff. So we all was like, we seen Master P. I think his friend came to our high school and was looking for people. This Master P was looking yeah. to sign people. One of his friends walked up to me, and I was like, I don't have anything written down. I don't have nothing. He was like, bro, like we're trying to really do this. And then Master P blows up. And it's like, but it's okay because I've seen so many different things that the Lord has shown me, man. Um, I've had great opportunities, man, in doing what I'm doing for the Lord, you know? But I just was like, it was just weird to see him with these people, man. And then all of a sudden you see him fully blown. You see this big, you know, person that's doing all this stuff. And it's like, so I was able to see a lot of that growing up and being around that and the culture and stuff like that. But that's what really got me, man, is, um, is just knowing that um, uh, my, my mother, would pray sometimes and I'd be like why is she praying like who is she praying to and it would like spark me and my sister and then we'd be like why mom in there crying and praying and stuff and she'd be praying mm -hmm. man next thing we know we got a breakthrough we had somebody drop off some money or something or some food or whatever and I was like so that was like my introduction to something that I didn't really know him because I may have been at church when we could go to church but I wasn't fully in it you yeah. know what I'm saying so it was, uh, but I grew up with the same people that was going to church. I still know those same people today. Like when I seen him, like when I was walking down West Oakland and I seen some, I was like, how you doing? He was like, doing good. And he, I was asking about the Lord and he was like, yeah, I made my way back to the church, man. I, you know, and I seen a few other people and now me being a minister, I'm like fully in the Lord now. Yeah. Well, to see him, I was like, he was like in the Lord when I wasn't in the Lord, right. but now I'm like in it older now. But so it was weird. It was it was weird. It was like the Lord kind of had me showing me I was there with you when you were with them. When y'all was running around the church, little kids, those the people testified again. So I did, you know, I told them about the Lord and my life and stuff. But um, it was good. It was a blessing. So as you went through your adolescence, and I know a lot of people had issues in adolescence, but tell me a little bit about yours and tell me if God played a role in your adolescence or not. You know, he did um, in, in, in the adolescence. I would say that most of the time, you know, I had court cases and stuff. I was getting in trouble. I remember it was around because I had just moved uh, out to 
Venetia, which is North Bay area. Vallejo, uh, it's a lot of stuff going on over there in that whole area. Venetia was a suburban area, but it was like five minutes away from all the other stuff that was going on in Vallejo. And I lived on a little street called Carolina. And uh, for some reason, man, it was like always something going on over there. I don't know what the problem was, but it just reminded me of other things I'd seen, although it wasn't as as fast paced as like Oakland or Berkeley or something. But it was like, I started hanging out with people who were drinking, looking for something, you know what I'm saying? Hey man, smoke this, drink this, do that, do this. Rap music had a part of that. I, I don't say all the rap, but it had a big part of me um, listening growing up to a lot of the rappers and stuff. And then I really started listening to the rappers like, okay, I'm gonna listen to them for real. When I started listening to them, you know, I'd already been, I already knew about NWA and all that, and all the Ice Cubes and all that kind of stuff. When we started hearing Snoop, it was like that changed the course of the youth. I think right. that's when it really started changing people because we wanted to be, we started to become like what we saw and what right. we were hearing. And then my adolescence kind of changed because I started getting in trouble, started fighting a lot more. Didn't even know why I was fighting half the time, staying out, not listening to moms, not being respectful being very rebellious. I'm hanging out with people that was going to parties like every other day. I don't even know I've that particular time period, people wouldn't even realize that. But now we party in the Lord, right? But back then it was like, man, I think junior year, I think like all junior year, or whatever, or at least half junior, I think I was just hanging out, drinking, smoking all the time, just hanging out, just doing whatever I want to do. My mom, I'll come home to my mom. My mom was like, You all right? I threw up all over the toilet. I was so sick, man. My mom was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm just, <laughs> I was out of it. But she knew, you know what I'm saying? I was just experiencing. But one thing my mom did, she would allow me to experience stuff. You know, um, I think I'm a little hard on my kids, worse than my mom is sometimes. But she would allow me to do things that a lot of people, a lot of parents wouldn't, wouldn't really do. You know, you couldn't do what my mom was doing with me nowadays. There's no way. With COVID and all that kind of stuff. And you wouldn't even want to do that, you know what I'm saying? Right. But um, you know what I'm saying? So that was what it, I think rap music and drug use, alcohol use, uh, violence, getting in trouble, just a combination of all those things, you know, really um and just wanting to be out there hanging out with my friends and people like or not even really friends, but the Bay Area is big. So yeah. it was like I could be in the North Bay Area, I could be in the East Bay Area in a regular school week. And you know, most kids they go to school, they go to high school, this and that. They go, no, I was going from city to city. I was going like, wow. to like I'd be in, in Vallejo today and I might be in Marin, what they call uh, Tupac used to live there, um, the jungle or Santa Rosa area, North Bay area. So I might be over there, man, kicking and hanging out, man. I might come back home one o'clock in the morning, go back to school the next morning and like there was nothing. So just wild, man. And, um, and I would tell my wife all the time because my wife wasn't nowhere near, uh, nowhere near like that part but um she um i was telling her man just so many things that i was doing and getting caught up in you know um because i didn't have direction i really did not have i'm sure people try to but my principal and i want to say this to listeners and stuff like that because i'm definitely a changed person totally graduated college. i didn't even graduate high school like i was getting in a lot of trouble yeah. dropped out wasn't tripping was like i don't care had court cases and stuff and then for the lord to turn me around graduated college, um, training, bought a house, you know, doing, yeah. I think my media company's doing pretty well. I've done so much stuff in music and gospel and stuff like that, still doing it. Um, and 
it was crazy, man, because it was like, I just totally just left, man. Didn't even, wasn't even thinking about school. Just like, whatever's whatever. I'd be in San Francisco somewhere, hanging out. Monty be like, why you ain't you supposed to be in school? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm at her house. And it's 12 o'clock. She knows I'm supposed to be in school. But that's what, you know what I'm saying? But I remember mm-hmm. those things. That's what kind of like filled in the gap because I didn't have the guidance and yeah. the, the family structure. So, you know. How did you come to know God? And how did you come to have a relationship with him? Because it seems like at some point something happened that kind of changed where, the direction you were going and put you in a different direction to meet God and have a relationship with him. So tell me about that. Okay, I'll make it a little bit shorter now. Um, I was living in West Oakland, California, off uh, 16th Street. I never forget that. I moved back, you know, because I had already came from there, so I was used to that. Um, and you know, I was just met a girl, had a girlfriend. You know, I had different girls and stuff, but I had never really been uh, like in a relationship. Right. So I was like 19. I'm like young, didn't really know too much. Uh, and then, so I'm going in there and. Um, we started playing house, man, living together and stuff like that. And um, anyway, we broke up. Right. So I'd already been going through, and I don't really, I, this is why I'm telling my testimony, is that I'd already had a court case from fighting somebody who was in the Vallejo paper, Venetia and Vallejo paper. And they were like, gang member, they put, oh, they put my name out there. on the, <laughs> They made me seem so bad, man. Yeah, the police made me seem so bad. They were calling the police. I was living with my friend in Richmond. I had nowhere to go. My mom was like, Mick, you can't stay here. Getting in trouble. I, had no, I was at rock bottom. And I was like, maybe I should just go to the court and just turn myself in. So I went to the courthouse. And um, the guy says, uh, please, the judge walks. He, I walk up to the front. He's like, you did this, you did this, you did this. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't do all that. And I was looking at him like, I don't know about all this stuff. He was adding stuff on. He was like, well, this is what they said. This is what your friends said. This is what your, these are your friends. Young man, all these people are the ones that you said you're friends with. All those people in this area, this neighborhood, they was naming neighborhoods. They were naming places. I was like, I'm thinking to myself, like I've been raised because rap music teaches you or tries to proclaim you should be loyal and your homies and your people and all that. That's not really real. Um, The Lord is the only thing that's truthful and a foundation. You know, when it comes to gangs and all that other type stuff, they'll leave you out there to dry. I didn't see a lot of people get beat up, supposedly gang members and stuff. Um, but anyway, in hoods and neighborhoods, like we're in front of the Bay Area. But it was like, when he said that, I was like, man, so what do I do? And he's like, well, you're going to have to get a lawyer, which is like $3,000. I had no money. Then did the then did the, the men, of, you know, begin to start to pray. And that's what I felt like I started doing. I started praying. I started asking the Lord. I asked my mom. My mom was like, I ain't got no money. Nobody had money. Everybody was like, well, you might just do two or three years and you'll be all right. You'll be out, man. It's all good. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to do, yeah. you know, that's what it was. And it's like, I don't want to be in prison for three years. So, or YA, YA at the time. And I was like, um, well, if I do that, you know, how long am I going to get? And they were like, you're going to get at least three years and uh, three to five years. The judge said that. So I was like, well, what can I do? You know, and uh, I remember I began to pray. I, I had a, a belief in him. So I remember, man, walked out the house, was in the courtroom. I was like, Lord, what can I do to get my, I was on my way back to Richmond. I was like, what can I do, Lord? And um, my friend had told me, he was living in Santa Rosa, he said, man, there's a conservation court program. You you might be able to do that and show the judge that you're doing something instead of getting in trouble and fighting and all that. Because the guy, beat the guy real bad. It was a lot of stuff going back and forth. 
they jumped us, we jumped them, people was getting beat up and all kinds of stuff. And that was the main thing in the Bay Area. A lot of people do, I mean, there's a lot of murders and killings and stuff, but it was like, I was around that, man. I was around that a lot, a lot of violence. And when I saw uh, this person that had jumped my friend, you know, I just lost it, drinking, yeah. hanging out. And that got me in a lot of trouble. And then, right. so that's why I don't drink or nothing like that. Or, I mean, some people do, some people are guys, they don't want I can't do it. Um, but when I saw that, I went back um, and asked him, where's the number to the conservation corps? He gave me the phone number and he says, um, call him up, man. They'll show you how to do it. And he says, I'll go with you. I said, okay. So I call him up. They had a buddy system. I call him up, man. And I'm all enrolled and everything. And I call him back. I'm like, you going to do it? Like, nah, man, I ain't doing that, man. I ain't going to do it. I'm like, man, all my friends always telling me to do this and do that. But y'all, none of y'all is doing what you're telling me to do which got me in the same situation I'm in right now. I joined the Conservation Corps, I did that for two years. And then after that, to make it a long story short, um, I got an apartment, I started doing, you know, doing better, but I had to keep going back and forth to court every three months. They wanted to make sure I stayed in the program. They said, if you don't stay in the program, mm -hmm. you know where you're going. Yeah. That's what he dressed up and I was like, okay. He was stern, man, he was hardcore. I still made me pay for the um, restitution and also they made me pay for um, lawyer which yeah. is like $3,500, something like that. So I learned my lesson, but it was something the Lord had to show me because when I went to the apartment, you know, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. You just live with me in this apartment, but I, I got to go to the court, got a probation, you know, all that stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, um, I stayed there for two years working there and, you know, I stopped doing a lot of stuff I was doing. I saw the people I was hanging out with. I stopped hanging out with them you know, um, and left him alone. And at that time, I think my friend at that particular time had went to prison, um, who just got out, I think, recently. He went back twice. And, uh, you know, the Lord has really, he slowed me all the way down, you know. Right. Me and my girlfriend, we broke up, and I was like heart, you know, I was listening to all these R&B songs. You know how we do it. Yeah. You know, and going through it, you know what I'm saying? And you feel like uh, like the world is, is you know, all on your shoulders or something. And so um, he used that, though, to show me loyalty. I didn't have loyalty with my friends. I put so much time into them. I mean, I really loved my friends. I could I could see how now that's not like me anymore. I don't do that. I put my trust in the Lord. But one of my friends is like, hey, man, why you don't do this? I'm like, I don't have any loyalty to the world. I have loyalty to the most high God. That's where I'm at now because he's yeah. the one to save me. So he was like, okay, but we friends, we grew up. I said, that don't have nothing to do with me right now. It's him because mm -hmm. he's the one that has changed me, saved me, and brought me out of there. But when I was going through that with her, um, you know, the Lord had showed me she wasn't even faithful at right. all. Her sister came over and told me she was doing this and doing that. Um, brother, this, you know, and I learned um, some things, and God was able to show me, look, everything that you thought was so loyal really wasn't. Right. nobody was loyalty and no one could save you and no one could give you peace like I could. So wow. I was like, Lord, I see. I was able to see it, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. he, someone testified to me about the Lord to bring me to church. It was like all those things. Then the Lord was like, you ready? You ready to come on into wow. the kingdom of God and see what's going on? And that's when I got a, um, six months later, after going through what I had to go through and all this stuff and, and reading books and and uh, about different different religions, Buddhism and uh, 
some of the Islamic stuff I read and some other books by like Charles Stanley, um, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I don't even know if he's even around anymore. Um, Just a lot of different ministries, man. I really was blessed because I was able to, I had a period of time where I didn't even have the money to pay the rent. And my man, my God was like, you don't have no money, man. You know, you got to go. But God allowed me to stay there for six months by myself with no one around me reading, studying, and getting to know who he was. And God showed me when I was walking down the street, um, I was like, Lord, I want to know if you're real. We all come with that. We all ask that question. I want to know if you're real. So I walked down the street, man, and I'm sitting there. And um, I'm, I had a Bible, but I had the Bible in my pocket. Mm-hmm. No one could have saw it. Yeah. And, and somebody walks down the street, up the street, like he was glowing or something. I don't know what was going on. I don't really believe, like, I know there's angels and stuff like that. But for me, that was a definite sign of what the Lord was showing me right there. He yelled at me so loud. Like, it, you, just everybody else heard it. Nobody heard him. And he yelled at me. And he's like, um, keep following the Lord. I looked around. I said, who said that? And then I seen him. He waved at me, right? But he had like a glow on his face. So I was asking different people of God and stuff. It was like, it probably was just an angel, man. So I ran as fast as I could to go see who that was. Know where he could have been. I went upstairs. I went in the building. I went upstairs. I went around the corner. I went to the store. Um, everybody was like, we've never seen anyone like that at all. You, there couldn't wow. be nobody else. And I was like, looking around like, then where did he go? He just disappeared. And you hear this all the time. Yeah. Like different stories and stuff. Like people just leaving and just vanishing. Angels mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Regular person. Though. It wasn't like. He wasn't like a somebody with wings or nothing like that. It wasn't nothing yeah. like that. He was a regular person wow. who just spoke to me in message and said, keep following the Lord. But he, he didn't even know. How did he know that I was following the Lord? Yeah. That's wow. why I knew like, okay, okay, God, I hear you. You know, I hear what's going on. So the, the Lord has been doing that all through me being a minister, using me as well and uh, speaking to me directly. And, um, just in church, people have said things to me that they didn't even know about. And, uh, you know, the Lord going to use this, you know, this different stuff. But more importantly, just he's just drawing me closer to him. And that's what my beginning of my faith and me believing in him, because it was like things that would have never happened unless someone intervened exactly. in my life. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how it is. So I thank God, man. I really do. I thank the Lord for being saved. So what made you decide to become a minister? Because you mentioned that you're a minister. So what led you in the direction of becoming a minister as well as doing music? What happened? I think that I was so excited when I first came to the Lord. I wasn't really like one of them hardcore evangelist type people that be on, you know, on the block. And <laughs> I see him, you know, with the, with the, I wasn't like that. I was, I was bold, but I wasn't like that. Right. But when I came to the Lord, I found out that, Man, I love the Lord, man. I, I don't mind talking about my father. Mm-hmm. And it just came peaceful. I'd be at the bus stop. I mean, one time the Lord let me stay at a bus stop for like three months. I didn't get a car or nothing. He would not let me get a car just so I could talk to all those people walking by and testify. I brought wow. so many people to church. I mean, I was bringing everybody to church. It was like, who was that? Who is? I was bringing so many people to the church, man, that I was going to in Vallejo. Yeah. And um, I was just happy to tell him about the Lord. And I was like, man, do you know who the Lord is? And you know who he is? And even talking about it right now, I can feel there's a joy that I feel because I know what I was saying was real. 
Yeah. And people would just be talking to me. They'd be like, well, what'd he do for you? And, you know, just like now, you know, they're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing's saying, you know, but I don't have a job. I don't have money. And I, I got kids and I got this and that. And I don't know what I'm going to do and all that. And I would begin to tell them about seeking the, the kingdom of God. And all these things should be added unto you. Mm-hmm. I started opening the scriptures up to them and showing them, man, look, man, this is me. If you can do it for me, you can do it for you. Right. And a lot of people really weren't, even though they might have went to jail and all that kind of stuff, but most of the times I talked to people, it was a heart issue. They just was broken. They just needed a way out of whatever yeah. the situation was. That's all it was. And they didn't know which way to go. And I learned that um, just by default, just telling people about Christ, uh, I became a servant. And as I became a servant, I helped out in the church. I did jobs and stuff for the church, helped out. Mm-hmm. So I became a youth minister um, in 2009 to, uh, no, 2005 to 2009. Mm-hmm. And I worked in a church for like four years, yeah. voluntarily just helping out. And the Lord used me, man. I got ordained at that church. and uh, But I'd already been in church years before that. I just right. went over there, you know what I'm saying? But God has been using me, man, whatever he wants me to do, you know, as far as it. Now I use that in music. If there is somebody out there, they're actively looking for God. They want to know who he is. What advice would you give them on how to find him? I would really, first of all, really um, look for confirmation with the Lord. Because when you when you first come to believe that he is, you say he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him or yeah. seek him. So when you first come to the Lord, you have to believe that he is. Right. Some people don't even believe that he is. My problem was I didn't really believe, him. even though I've been in church, I didn't believe him. I never seen him. I just heard everybody else talking about him. Yeah. And everybody's like, Well, you know the Lord, he's so good. And you need to get with it. It's like, yeah, but I don't know who you're talking about because I don't have a relationship with you. Right. That's the same thing if you know somebody walking down the street and even if they get hurt, you might have a, a certain compassion sometimes. But when you don't really know that person, you can't really understand what they're going through. You really don't know what the lady that's sitting there that has to pay rent. She's got six kids in a, in a one-bedroom apartment and right. her husband just passed away from COVID. and She's got to take all these kids. She she has a little, you know, social security money or whatever. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying you don't know what she's going through. You might have right. an outside look, but we don't really know what she's praying. And that's what my mom was doing. Yeah. So I'm saying, I didn't know what my mom was going through, but I saw her getting on her knees and praying. So right. that's why I'm saying like when people are seeking something bigger than themselves, just know, first of all, you're not the only one in this, in this earth. You are not, you were not created just to be created. There's somebody who created you and, you know, we know who that is, but they have Mm -hmm. to find out who it is. Right. And they have to know exactly um, through confirmation. I would ask God to uh, give you a confirmation. That's what he did with me. Wow. What an awesome interview. My favorite part of the interview was when Kareem talks about how his mother did her best to raise him and his brothers and sisters. It is absolutely impressive the resolve his mom must have had to be able to do what she had to do to raise her kids while she herself was battling a drug addiction. Another thing that I like about this conversation with Kareem is when he talks about how most people are struggling with different issues and the main problem is a heart problem and that people are broken and they just don't know what to do about it. This is so true because most people do things not because they're intentionally being a jerk or they're being mean, but most people that we encounter are hurt and they're broken people who are just going around hurting other people because they themselves have been hurt. 
This is why it is so important for us to give people grace and compassion, the same way that God gave us grace and gives us compassion. Kareem's stories also let us know that there is nothing that we can do that will take us away from God's love. There is a song that I absolutely love by Jason Nelson called Forever. And the song talks about how forever is a long time, but that's how much God loves us. And the great thing about this is that God chooses to love us day after day in spite of what we do. He knows what we're going to do, but he still loves us anyway. And God's love for us is unconditional and it is forever. So if you are having a hard time believing that God can love you, I want you to remember that Jesus died to save you and that he loves you and wants to have a relationship with you and that there is nothing, I mean nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do to take you away from God's love. I hope this encourages somebody today and I want you to remember that you are loved by God. Our artist of the week is none other than this week's guest, Kareem Living Proof Bennett, and the song that you're going to listen to is his single, Forever. Yes, a song dedicated to my wife. My love song, let's go. Yes, sir. Who was born to suffer and sin, but I love every inch of her limbs. More than just a mother, my kids. More than a skinny waistline, give me the waist size any day. Type of woman I love to wake up to her pretty face and a smile. I just want to grow old in every dimple, count every wrinkle. Type of woman to share my dreams every time the wind blows. She's so youthful, know how to make me laugh a little. Even if I'm stressed, I'm too blessed. She's like my daffodil. Love to cruise down the highway, let her have the wheel. She's so beautiful, like my baby girl Abigail. I don't know what to say and even what to call her. He's like what I've been missing, Proverbs wisdom. It's one man, it's one woman, family together, under y'all forever. It's one man, it's one woman, family together, under y'all forever. Panhandling the desert, watching the sands on the moon, die from the crescent. Thanking y'all, I got an option. Watching with Chanel and Juju in his presence. A deep-seated convos late night about the resurrection. See, you know why I'm still in this mood still. He provided even if I ate a goodwill. She improvised and ate good like EBT, but I still ate a good meal. 17 years plus, come on, fellas, since I married my wife. The joy of a father, toddlers, boys, and daughters, that's 11. But I love her so much, I had to marry her twice. It's one man, it's one woman, family together, under y'all, forever. It's one man, it's one woman, family together, it's under y'all, forever, ever. universe so complicated oh i drank from the cisterns constellation nothing but space and time her face and mine y'all i love you for she had my dialogue she had me at that conversation these was the writings was on the wall 
But I know, and I heard this word, but I knew them birds was chirping for a reason. Yeah, right. They watched me fall in love, whispering from a creator. Have you ever been considered this? Is that your wife at all? Covenant. Between you and her, a life in y'all. It's really life for them stars way out. Then I guess I have to rest in it. You're comfortable. You may not believe in love at first sight, but I do. I found both, and I accepted it forever. It's one man, one wife, one God forever. 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 Going together by the love of y'all. podcast i would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to another inspirational story about how people find god if you love the podcast as much as i love spending time with you i encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts i would also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show if you would like to get in contact with kareem or myself All of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest of the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would love to be a guest on the podcast. And I promise you, I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Okay, I think that is all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.